Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday just in time for your daily commute. I'm Joe's Boyle and joining me today is the most right on man in Scottish football, Adam Miller, and his shy and retiring and not quite as right on Gabe Mackay. Hello. On the pod today we're going to be looking at the ongoing stramash that Shelley Kerr's post-Swally team talk, Danny Lennon's Zimmer frame masterclass and the latest in the endless saga that is Ryan Kent and Rangers. Okay, Scotsman today ran an interview uh, with Scotland, Italy and Stuart and legend Rose Riley where she blasted what she called a betrayal of Scotland boss Shelley Kerr and insisted she's been judged more harshly than a man. Now here at Football Scotland we've been big supporters of women's games since site launched in January. Um, the game's definitely given a huge boost in the eyes of the, the general public was a lot of Shelley Kerr's magnificent achievement of reaching the World Cup finals um, in France there and during the summer. And despite it all ending by a textbook Scotland style, you know, you have to respect what they did. There's no two ways about it. That's not for debate, although reading the comments below any story we did on it, that memo is still to get through to quite a few folk, it seems. Saying that, though, the recent um, revelations that the manager decided the time to give the players a roasting was after a few sherbets was a wee bit of a shocker. Um, and Adam, you did a piece at the time um, suggest that Shelley Kerr should be treated equally eh, as much as it's a negative as when it is on a positive. Yeah. Um, but today's piece in the Scotsman for Rose Riley is coming at it from quite a different um, perspective. Um, so what we've got, it's quite a long piece, so I'm going to break it up and we can sort of take each point as it's made rather than just yeah. me droning on for forever about it and then you droning on and we're all droning on, so we don't want that. So so we'll take it a bit if you're cool with that. Absolutely. Right, okay. So basically she started off um, saying she took us to the World Cup at Shelley Kerr. So she took us to the World Cup, she dragged us through the qualification, always overachieving, said Riley. She worked a miracle and now she's been hung out to dry. I do not accept that. Right, okay. So no, firstly, before we get into this, right, I just want to say we have, as you said before, we've been big supporters of the women's game and we have advocated for greater coverage of it and greater respect of it. And, and I'm a big supporter of people from Stuart. Well, Correct. there's that Somebody's as well. That, that was the elephant in the room. <laughs> um, but at the same time, that greater uh, emphasis on the game has to bring with it, when there are instances like this, extra scrutiny. So ideally, at a time when the women's game is still facing lots of issues that the men's game doesn't necessarily face and is still striving for more respect and more coverage, ideally, everything we would be writing about the women's game would be positive. I didn't, when the Shelley Kerr thing happened last week, get rubbing my hands together going, oh, this will be brilliant, a chance to really stick the knife in here. It was, right, okay, well, I would I would write this piece if this was Steve Clark, so I'm writing it because it's Shelley Kerr, you know. Um, and in this instance... I think, you know, Rose Riley knows far more than I do about the inner workings of a national team squad. She's achieved so much in her career. She deserves the legendary status that she's got. However, pretty much everything she said in this I've taken issue with. So your first bit that you've mentioned there about she took us to the World Cup, drives through qualification, always overachieving, worked a miracle, hung out to dry. No one's disputing her achievement in reaching the World Cup. She's not been hung out to dry. To the contrary, there's barely been any press co- coverage of it since the day the story broke. So it was back page on one or two newspapers. Um, then I did an opinion piece on it. I think there were one or two other people who did opinion pieces on it. That was last week. Stories died. Until uh, until Rose Riley got interviewed about it today, no, no one was talking about it. It was dead. So to say that uh, she's been hung out to dry is completely ludicrous. Uh, all that's happened is... Uh, a handful of people, myself included, have said that she has questions to answer. That is very different from being hung out to dry. Yep, I definitely absolutely agree with that. And obviously, I mean, she followed up with, 
you're a professional athlete and you have to better yourself and show the coach they're wrong. You don't blub to someone else. They have to do their talk on the pitch starting next week in Cyprus. They've not blubbed to someone else because the boss told them something they didn't like. That happens week in, week out, whether it's at club level or international level. It's because the boss told them it after she'd been drinking. That's the yeah. only issue. Yeah, did the Florian Cambay blub when Neil Lennon shouted at him? There you go. <laughs> There's your examples. Um, the team has to stay united in good and bad times, which is true. As a player and a Scotland fan, what happens in the group stays in the group. Shelley's been judged more harshly than a man. I know we want equality, but that's ridiculous. <sighs> Absolute nonsense, right? She's quite clearly being judged in this instance less harshly than a man. I've been an advocate, as I said before, about the women's game receiving more coverage and respect. But as the player from the squad that I spoke to a few years, a few weeks ago after the World Cup said, with that coverage, great coverage, there has to be more scrutiny. Um, and to say that Shelley Kerr has been more harshly judged than a man in this instance is absolutely ludicrous. If Steve Clark had gone through his team after a few drinks, I'm pretty confident the story wouldn't have been forgotten about within a couple of days as the Shelley Kerr one was. Um, most likely, Clark's face would have been on the front page of every single paper in the country. Nicola Sturgeon would have been asked her opinion about it. If the SFA didn't immediately act on the incident... The pressure that would have been applied by the incessant news coverage and social media debate would have forced their hand. That's light years away from what's happened in this instance with Shelley Kerr. I don't think for a second that Shelley Kerr should be treated more harshly than a male counterpart. She should receive the exact same treatment. And there's absolutely no way that this story would have fizzled out so quickly if it had been Steve Clark. Hmm, definitely not. Well, one of the one of the one of the key bits I thought when I saw it. I didn't hear anyone defend her. Um, we in Scotland love to put someone on a pedestal and knock them back down again, which is, you know, a, a fair part a lot of the time in Scotland. But there should be more respect for Shelley Kerr as a mother and a daughter. The ones who have been hurting most of these revelations are Shelley's family. It's a betrayal by someone in the group, and that's shocking. Right, so I've read that paragraph back a few times, and every time I read it, I take away the same message, which is basically no one who has children is allowed to be criticised. So... Jules, you've got Wayne's. Delighted right? with this news. <laughs> this is what I'm coming to, right? You've got Wayne's. Feel free to have a few drinks tomorrow morning before your shift and then just come in and slag us off all day. Does it depend same, same old, same old. <laughs> Does it depend how many kids you have? Because I just want to know if we're allowed to slag off the Prime Minister. Ah, ah right. well, I've got three. Well, and well we, we don't know how many he has. That's the yeah, problem. Well, neither is he. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, as for putting them on a pedestal and knocking them down, the last thing I think anyone wanted was to be writing something negative about Shelley Kerr. As someone who's been speaking to people at various levels of Scottish women's football in the last few months, from the national team down to the under-19s level, um, and with the rest of, of you on the website been promoting coverage of various levels of the game, all I want to be doing is writing positive stories. And when I saw the Shelley Kerr headline, I was hoping that there wasn't much to it and that the headline was a bit exaggerated. And then I watched the BBC Scotland interview that she gave, which was absolutely dire and really evasive. And I knew that, you know, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't write the same sort of piece that I would have written had a man given that bad an interview in the same sort of situation. Mm, yep, definitely. Well, she is a battler, apparently. I can't believe no one stood up for her. All the celebrity voices we heard before the World Cup, I can't hear them now. It's about supporting Shelley, who imagines feeling low right now. Everyone else has disappeared off the radar. So some people did stand up for her, and you can find plenty of them in social media. She hasn't faced much criticism in the press, so there hasn't been a need for people to come to her defence in the press. If it had been, again, harking back to Steve Clark, if 
this had been a Steve Clark story, it would have been all over the place, and you would naturally have found people who'd been working with Clark at various levels of the game saying he's let himself down here, but he's a good man. Um, he needs to, you know, get not get away with this one, but he needs to be given the benefit of the doubt. But there'd been nowhere near that kind of scrutiny of Shelley Kerr here, and so there's far less need for people to step up. I think people who are close to Shelley Kerr have probably looked at it and thought, well, the story's died. If I speak out in the press, it's just going to bring it up again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember Barry Ferguson and Alan McGregor when they saw yeah. up getting half hand all night. And it was it was huge. It ran for weeks. Yeah, and weeks that was a front and page weeks. Story. Front page story. It got the gate suffix. Yeah, I got a gate fix. So yeah, this is this isn't this is still not Caregate or anything, is it? That's not when. Are you suggesting that it should be Caregate? I'm not. Not at all. No, no lawyers. It's fine. It's definitely not. But it's, it says. I think it should be called. Should have stuck to Watergate. <laughs> oh, nice. you nice. just improvised that, didn't you? I did. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. Fair play. <laughs> fair play. Um, okay, I want to set up a pro Shelley team. I am itself. Uh, I want to set up a pro Shelley team. I am a self-appointed manager. She's one of the best coaches in Europe and she happens to be Scottish. Let's not drag her down. None of that has anything to do with the issue, which is that it's clearly wrong for a manager to address their team having been drinking. Mad idea. From my point of view, it was the day after the game. Some of the coaching staff went out for a meal and drinks. When she came back and had a talk with the team, it got a bit heated. I think because she was getting everything off her chest to certain players, they didn't take it too kindly. No one died. Words were said to Shelley because so words were said because Shelley was hurting that the way went out of the World Cup because of the last game versus Argentina. Right, there's so many ways that she's finding to completely miss the point here. Right, no one was saying it was wrong for Shelley Kerr to have a few drinks. No one, absolutely no one, is saying that she'd been preparing intensely for months ahead of the World Cup. Then she endured a difficult exit at the end of the tournament where Scotland had played well in parts. She absolutely deserved a few drinks at the end of that. Also, she's quite right to let the players know some home truths. Chucking away a three-goal lead against Argentina with 15-20 minutes remaining, the manager wouldn't be doing her job if she didn't let the players know how she felt about it. The drinks, the first one, the debrief, the second one, both of those things are completely justified in isolation. Literally no one has a problem with either of those things. It's the fact that she combined the two. That just seems it just seems like such an obvious point. I can't believe it needs to be spelled out. Totally. Yeah. You know, I'm allowed to have a few beers at the weekend. I'm also allowed to drive my car at the weekend. Yeah. Just don't <laughs> do them at the same time. Crazy idea. It's mental. Um, they've been on a tightrope. A couple of drinks. It's maybe given her some courage to say what she really thinks. Anna before her was too nice. They didn't get results. You can't be the player's friend. The coach is to tell you when you're doing wrong, whether it's with a beer in her hand or not. You should risk. <laughs> You should respect the criticism. Criticism only makes you better. Praise does not make you better. I'll give I'll give her the benefit of the doubt there. She just said whether it's whether beer in her or not. Oh, she beer did, in her. She didn't literally have, <laughs> didn't literally have a beer in her hand. I thought that was a typo. <laughs> no, no, just with a beer, with a in, beer her. in her. That's worse. <laughs> At least the beer in your hand, you might not have drank it yet. <laughs> or it's maybe getting swing about like a possible threatening weapon. Perhaps I don't know. So a beer in her, right? A, okay, a, well, a well, beer okay. In her. I apologise to to all, all the. The people concerned. I uh, think that's worse. Continue. Anyway, so so she's made two kind of ridiculous points here. Like the, the less ridiculous of the two is when she says that uh, you know criticism only makes you better. Praise does not make you better. So criticism might make some players better, but it might set other players back. Praise might encourage some players, but again, it might cause others to become complacent. As much as, as I said earlier, Rose Riley knows far more than I do about the workings of a dressing room, I don't think there's any competitive sport in which you can say with complete certainty that all criticism is good and all praise is bad. 
Modern coaches, I think, understand that players are individuals with individual needs and a good coach will know when to give praise and when to criticise. As for the infinitely more ridiculous point, she literally says, a couple of drinks, question mark, it's maybe given her some courage to say what she really thinks. So, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But she's suggesting that the boss of the Scottish national football team would be too nervous to confront her players without having a couple of drinks beforehand. Have I misinterpreted that? Seems to be. Right. Yeah. Like, so imagine any of the great managers feeling like they were incapable of telling their players where they were going wrong without having a couple of drinks to ease their nerves. Beyond <laughs> ridiculous. And Shelley Kerr has a more powerful position in the national setup than her players. So you can't speak to people below you in the chain and need Dutch courage to get through it. Yeah, you can, you can just imagine that like Alex Ferguson or Jock Steen or something sitting, crapping herself, going to, the, going to the team, having a, you know, a few a few nips before they get in, before they go and shout at their team. Nah, I can't really see it, yeah. yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think both men did enjoy a wee swally, but probably did. not, probably after the post-match team talk, not before it. Yes, <laughs> or during it, yeah. I know, and it's just that kind of thing as well, like, in a, you know, criticism makes you better, praise doesn't make you, you know, like, you know, my old granny always said, you know, you catch mere flies with sugar in your day, we, mm-hmm. that, you know, I mean, she did yep. usually say it with beer in her hand, to be fair, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think she's got a valid point. Um, okay, so the, the, the closing finale, the, the, the sucker punch, if you're a professional athlete, you have to have thick skin. You should have heard some of the names we were called in my day, they couldn't be printed in newspaper, in Italian or English. We knew we were not delivering the goods, then we won everything. I won Serie A, it was four Italian Cups, the league in France, the World Cup with Italy and was named the world's best player. You think you get there because someone says you're great? It's from sheer bloody hard work and criticism and learning what your weaknesses are and get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> did you add the last part? I did add the last yeah. bit, I'll admit that. Yeah. Uh, criticism is fine. Criticism after drinking is not fine. It's not difficult. The end. Yeah. Gaby? Um, yeah, I probably have to agree with everything Adam said. Um, I don't want to go in too hard on Rose Riley because there's a slum, some chance that she's related to one of my best friends because they have the same <laughs> they have the same second name and they're both from Stuart and so it's quite possible that I'd be slagging off some relative. But yeah, no, yeah, um, that covers any yeah, chat, really, doesn't it? Yeah, but well, hey, yeah. that's that's offensive to the, the fine people of Ayrshire. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have to agree, and I think uh, Shelley Kerr, the criticism she's got in this instance is absolutely justified, and I think the criticism she got after the World Cup, after kind of a shambolic exit, is completely justified because we would do the same if, you know, the Scotland men's team got to the World Cup and basically muffed it up in the way that Scotland did that. The manager would get huge amounts of criticism, and yeah, I don't really have anything more to add to what Adam said. Uh, my speed is more the next topic. Chin-chin <laughs> <laughs> uh, to that. There we go. Right, so so, the next topic is indeed, um, Clyde boss Danny Lennon threw himself on against Celtic Colts with 14 minutes remaining on Tuesday night. He helped his team to see out a 3-1 win. Um, Gaby, what's your thoughts on this sort of old school ringer patter? I, mean, I love it. I mean, yeah. old, old men playing football, what's not to like? <laughs> um, just the, you, and the other thing, you know, if you're a manager, you, you would put yourself on, wouldn't you? Um, and it, it, it always gave me the thought, you know, you, you look at players like, say, like Zinedine Zidane is a Real Madrid manager, like, oh, he looks like he could still play. I'd love to see some sort of scheme where we get, like, players who are retired and just see if they can cut it. Like, bring them, like, get, I don't know, get Roberto Mancini to play for Aloha. Get 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 Zidane in at Livingston. Just see how good they would be. Just see what level now, they could be yeah. at. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know how Danny Lennon did when he came on, and he only came on for a few minutes. But just just the sight of him coming on, and just I just love the thought of him on the bench. It's just like 
right, lads, I'm like, going on. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, Get, get yeah, the boots on. It's a sort of like WWE wrestling move, isn't it? <laughs> My God, it's Danny Lennon. <laughs> I, I don't watch WWE wrestling. I assume that's how they yeah, talk. Yeah, Are you the only well person covered. that goes to the cat house that doesn't watch wrestling? <laughs> yes, I probably am. I'm also the only person that goes to the cat house in Taylor Swift t-shirts, so, yes, you know. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, yes, it's a man's sport, apparently. Um, yeah, we've obviously done 14 minutes as well. Um, and obviously he's keeps, kept himself fit, obviously he's been a professional sportsman. Um, he's still involved in the game and he still obviously does training these things. But obviously 14 minutes at 50 year old, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, pushing that. And, you know, I get out of breath, get up and down the stairs, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the other night I literally went out to the pub for a fag and I was out of breath by the time I got to this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just have a beer in my hand. Um, so, but, you shouldn't you know, be going out to the smoking bit with a beer in your hand, that's not allowed. Before 10, it's perfectly legal, I think you'll find. Fair enough. I thank you. Um, yeah, but so someone like obviously everybody's like happy to see this. It's a you know it's a great wee story. It's yeah. brilliant to see everybody's enjoying seeing it. Unless obviously you're in Celtic Colts, which you'd be a bit raging about this ancient <laughs> ringer coming on and you know stopping the thing. Fourteen minutes is enough. Um, someone did reply to your story on it though, and suggested that uh, Lennon was depriving a young player of game time. Um, is that the case, or is that just somebody uh, that would complain about finding a ten in his pocket? Yeah, I, I think that's there's you always find in any kind of. I don't even know if you'd call it a good news story, but in one of these stories that puts a smile on everyone's face, you always find one person who's got a reason why the rest of the world shouldn't be enjoying it. And uh, I read the, I read the tweet uh, where the guy said something like, he's uh, even if it's just for 14 minutes, he's depriving... Uh, you know, he's standing in the way of another young player's development. We're only talking about fourteen <laughs> minutes here. Again, I don't think any, ruined. Yeah. I don't think for a minute anyone of us has a clue exactly why Danny <laughs> Lennon put himself on. Like I don't I feel like that's the one burning question that, no one's been able to answer. Don't have, yeah. uh, but at the same time, I think if you're seriously gonna worry about a player's development over the over the sake of 14 minutes I, yeah. I think it is, it's funny that he came on uh, by all accounts he acquitted himself pretty well you look at the, the shape he's in fair play to him because as you said he's you know he's 50 years old and he firstly uh, is in much better condition than a lot of people who are younger than him and secondly has an absolutely lustrous mane of hair <laughs> which is really does. See, like someone described it uh, they put a picture of him from 10 years ago up against him now and he said it's like the the glow up to, to end all glow ups like he just looks <laughs> he looks so much better now he's got this kind of rugged thing somewhere it's like a fine wine yeah yes. like a fine wine um yes, but also like silver lion king yeah yeah uh, as someone said to me on Twitter today, he looks, looks a bit like the guy uh, that played Diatlov in Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> but more lustrous, obviously. No, obviously. More of that. More yeah, of that. And probably less dangerous. Yes, indeed, absolutely. Can, can I just ask that uh, commenter on Twitter, who I don't know who they are, um, can I just ask them what they think of Kazuyoshi Miura, a.k.a. King Kazoo, who <laughs> plays in the Japanese Second Division, J-League 2, at the age of 52? He's a striker as well, and he made his debut in 1986. He was playing in Serie A in 1994-95, and he's still playing for Yokohama FC in the second division in Japan, which, you know, is a decent level. I've got a better one. See, Ad- Ad- Adam's, Adam's done the serious analysis of women's <laughs> football. I've come in with old footballers. <laughs> I love old footballers. Lamberto Baranga made his debut for Perugia in 1961. Last season, he was still playing in, okay, the ninth tier of Italian football, which is not the highest level, but it is still in the Italian league system. 75. Ooh. Goalkeeper. 
spoofed. And there you go. Anyone listening should look up Lamberto Baranga and Asprilla. He played in a Legends game for Parma at the age of 71 and made an absolutely unbelievable <laughs> save from an Asprilla header. See, my where I'm interested in this is I just want to hear Adrian Durham trying to pronounce any of those names. <laughs> you mean Adrian Durham? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, me. Amazing stats, as always, mean the facts. You actually do make these stats not boring, which is quite a thing. Um, I can top it slightly just because yesterday I saw a thing on Twitter that was a picture of a shark who's still alive. It was born in 1642. What position does it play? Deep. <laughs> as I can confirm that as the only one of us who knows how to work the printer, I printed off Jules's script before this and the this was not in the script. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> Sorry. Right, I can't top that. Move on. Okay. It did really impress me. I advise you all to look up. It's a Greenland shark. It's very interesting. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, we're back to um, Ryan Kent, uh, just for a change. Um, yes, indeed. Um, the latest chat is he's in the verge of downing tools at Liverpool. He pleaded for a return to Rangers, which is always a great career move, I think. Um, he was left out at Liverpool under 23 match against Chelsea on Monday. Liverpool are believed to be looking for seven million still for him, but Rangers are apparently willing to discuss a compromise that would result in Kent kind of joining on loan with a view to the move being made permanent at the end of the season. Um, it's been a total game of poker, cards, all manner of brinksmanship, all manner of things trying to get this sorted. Gerrard said he'd been for him in the last day of the transfer window a while back. Then admitted they were out the running um, when they were talking about you know it's no loans and it's always got to be money up front. Um, is the current situation playing right in any Rangers' hands? Is it? Is there anything in this? I think. I think it's one of these things that's probably going to end with Kent at Rangers, but it's just been dragging on for so long. I mean, how long have we been talking about this? Like, Kim Kieran Tierney's away now. That's yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, away for a while. We could balance it up with a bit, a bit of Tierney, a bit of Kent, and now it's just, just Kent. Kent. And I think, uh, I think it'll probably there's enough will on the players' part and Rangers' part that I feel like the compromise will be made with Liverpool. The bit that struck me today was the talk that, you know, obviously Liverpool want it to be a permanent move. And I think what Rangers are happy to compromise on is to go for the the another year's loan and with a view to a permanent deal at the end of it. And I can see that being a compromise that probably suits everyone. Because even, uh, even if Liverpool aren't getting a fee up front, I, I don't think the sort of fee that Kent would command is going to really make anyone at Liverpool lose much sleep anyway. So... I think if they can work out some kind of another year's loan with a view to a permanent offer, I I think Liverpool would probably let that happen. Yeah, I mean, kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat myself. I mean, Gary, do you think though a loan deal for a year with a view, you know, take, making it permanent? Does that not sound kind of just more like still it's just a loan deal? It depends because you can do it quite happens quite often. I think Rangers did it with Jamie Murphy. It happens quite often in European countries. You do a loan with an obligation to buy after a certain number of appearances. Obligation is key, yeah. That's so the key. you say, um, you, you know, you Rangers loan him for a year, and once he makes ten appearances, they have to buy him for this uh-huh. fee that's been agreed in advance, which would allow Rangers to obviously spread the cost a bit more. So if it's one of those, then I could see that maybe working because mm-hmm. if Rangers have a budget for this summer, they maybe thought, well, we're not going to get Kent. You know, they've brought in um, is it Brandon Barker. They brought in. Um, they brought brought him in, I guess ostensibly as a wide player as possibly a guy. Well, we're not going to get Kent, so maybe that's the reason that this restructuring one's happening. Because like, look, we don't have the money this summer to pay what Liverpool would want, but we'll give you X amount as a loan fee, and we'll pay X amount guaranteed if he plays whatever number of games next summer. So I could see that happening. The 
flip side of it, I guess, is that do you want a player who is willing just to down tools because he doesn't get what he wants? I mean, what happens if he, you know, good player that he is, what happens if he comes to Rangers, he has two great seasons and someone in England wants to sign him and Rangers don't want to let him go? Is he just going to down tools? Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things you have to think about both ways. Of course, Rangers fans will be delighted if he comes back and they won't be thinking about that. But I guess uh, if you're Mark Allen and Stephen Gerrard signing him, Maybe the attitude he's shown, although it's good for them that he wants to go back to Rangers, but maybe if true, the fact that he's going to down tools isn't necessarily a, a positive indication of his character, which I'm not casting aspersions on because I don't know. I'm just hypothesising. Hypothesising. He might have made a kent of it, basically. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. That's all for us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm. Just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more for us at the Football Scotland website, on our social media channels, on Facebook and Twitter, at football underscore Scott. To ask a question, make a comment to us, or complain, it's up to you. You know why you wouldn't. Um, individually, you can get me at captain underscore howdy, Adam on... At old firm facts one. And Gaby on... At Gaby Mackay. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're going to have a swally, leave the manager for the next day. Bye.